Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. More than 40,000 advisors rely on FMG Suite to help them stay connected, build relationships, and grow their business. Now it's your turn. Visit us at fmgsuite.com and schedule a demo so you can see our tools in action. Today, I'm excited to be joined by David Bradley, who's Managing Director for the Bradley Business Group. David is a digital marketing strategist who has written two books. The most recent is called Digital Marketing MBA. David and I have a wide-ranging discussion that touches on how advisors should approach digital marketing. We talk about how much time a person should spend. We talk about how much time an office should spend. We talk about what the right team of people working on digital marketing should be. And most important, we talk about cost. So sit back and enjoy the Market Emotion podcast. Spread the word. Today, I'm excited to be joined by David Bradley. Hey, David. Hey, Mike. Pleasure to be here. Ah, it's great to have you. David is the Managing Director for the Bradley Business Group. David is an expert in digital marketing strategies, and his firm helps companies focus on what marketing efforts are effective, relevant, sustainable, based on the company's unique value, uh, unique market and uh, situation. Boy, that's a handful, David, right there. Uh, I pulled that one from your web, right? Uh, website. Focus your focus on marketing efforts on what's effective, relevant, and sustainable based on the company's unique market and situation. Um, and then when I read it and re- read it again, I go, boy, that really is right on the money. Um, you, you are also an accomplished speaker and written a couple of books. Your most recent one is the Digital Marketing MBA. Uh, we're excited to have you here. So uh, let's kick it right off. Absolutely. I'm excited for this. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, as I mentioned, I was checking out your website yesterday and I chuckled when I read one of your case studies that said uh, that was a quote from a financial advisor saying, we have no strategy behind what we do. Uh, we just we just do it. Um, and as I talk to financial professionals, many of them just do it. They're they're making social posts, combining traditional and digital marketing. But too often they don't really have a target in sight. They have this uh, ready-fire-aim mentality, and aiming comes last. Um, How do you help financial advisors improve that marketing aim? How do you kind of harness that that desire but really put a strategy behind it? Sure. Well, the issue in marketing today is that there's so many things that you can do, Mm -hmm. so many trends and ideas, and a lot of hype behind it, and for some good reason. But marketing really comes back to the customer. How deeply do we know the customer? Uh, do we understand how they behave, what they're thinking, how they feel at different stages of their life or their experience with us? Sure. So in regards to the aim, it's really pulling back to that. Uh, who is who is the customer? How do we understand that? And you might take that into a very finite focus, a, a niche marketing. Uh, who is my niche audience? But you could also just say, well, I'm working in this community. This is the neighborhood, the community that I work in and live in, and I'm going to understand this customer right. as well as I can. Right. So Got that's that that sets the tone for everything that comes after. Sure. The, the messaging, where you uh, get your out, outreach done, it all begins there. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a uh, it's um, 
you know, I've had financial advisors tell me that, you know, when they, they as they work on their marketing, they're, you know, they, they struggle with, you know, what platform, what they want to do social media. They don't know what platform to do well. They, they struggle with what types of traditional and uh, digital marketing to work with. And, uh, you know, and then they, they tell me that they're looking at their database of customers. And it seems like they like to, they, they have a lot of teachers as customers and they, they want to work on that, but they don't really know how to get the marketing to them. It seems like that, that, that aim is something that, uh, is, is elusive, but um, th- I, 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 what I'm what I'm hoping is is they can put a, put a strategy behind it. Yeah, yeah. I think when you want to think about strategy, the first step is really take a very non-digital approach. Just kind of go offline, sit down with your customers, get to know them better. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is, you know, everyone wants to talk about big data. I I, I sit down with my clients or my clients' customers and ask them what their experience was like when, when they were looking for a financial advisor, how they approach that. Gotcha. That kind of forced slowing down makes us be much more thoughtful throughout the strategy process, I find. So it begins there and you can start to identify like, all right, who is my market? Where do they go naturally? So instead of just trying to force myself to use Facebook, because I heard other people do that, let me start with where my audience are, already is. You know, they say like fish where the fish are swimming. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's where <laughs> it makes it, it a lot easier. It comes down to. Right, right. Yeah, it 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 sounds it sounds easy, um, but boy, how how would if I look at my book of business and I see that I uh, like to work with engineers, how would I go about finding where all the engineers are? What is there? Is there a methodology or I, I guess I'm kind of looking at that and thinking, boy, that's a great plan. How do I execute something like that? Sure. So let's run with the engineers idea. I like that. So with engineers in mind, uh, if you want to study them more, you can do market research. But I can let you know, doing your own market research is super expensive and very time consuming. Right. Right. So, uh, shortcuts are always nice. Uh, shortcuts usually come from the other consulting firms, the agencies, the associations that serve engineers and do market research on them. And a little savvy searching, you'll find out that the answer's there. It's probably free and readily available. And you can start to hone in on who that audience is. And if you can't come up with something there, the best next step is usually finding some communities online, see what people talk about. It could be a message board. It could be Reddit, just one of the, the biggest websites that's basically a collection of message boards. Uh, but get your hands dirty and start getting involved in the community. See what they talk about. See what they're thinking about. And learn firsthand that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, we're down here in San Diego, and I think about Qualcomm and uh, the, the the copious number of engineers that work over there. And um yeah, I think you would just, if you found that you worked well with that type of analytical personality, you just would want to find out where where you can where you can get in front of that whole group. But certainly talking to your customers and seeing how they came to know you uh, is a great way to start. Yeah, absolutely. There's a tremendous amount of value in the, the current clientele. It's always good to tap into that market. And, uh, you know, that drags into referrals and sure. Uh, sure. keeping them around longer relationships are big 
You know, when you think about marketing, uh, when you think about the digital marketing and, and the, the process of that, w- when should a financial advisor reach out for help? I, I guess, you know, more to the point is a, a financial professional wears so many hats. They're, they're in charge of sales. They've got operation, you know, perhaps accounting. They're certainly accountable for their compliance stuff. Customer service, they've got a whole host of other jobs. Do you find that financial professionals can be that person, that chief marketing officer too? Well, there's two breakdowns we can look at here, right? So there's the organization itself, which generally focuses on the brand awareness side. And then there's the individual financial professional that's going out there and building their book of business. Sure. You know, and as part of the profession, you are going to have to enjoy learning about marketing a bit. We're all in uh, a marketing or sales role in some way, but there's a distinction to make there too. So one thing at the start of our talk today, you you were going through my read and I mentioned about effective, relevant, sustainable right. marketing. Right. The keyword there I find is sustainable for the individual professional, because that means it's something we can do consistently. And when you're an individual trying to build your book of business, if you p- pick a couple of those marketing tactics that you absolutely hate executing, it's going to be tough to be consistent. Right. So part of being that chief marketing officer for yourself is I got to make sure that I find the right tactics that are going to work, but also that I enjoy, that I can grow grow along with as time goes on. If you stretch yourself too thin at some point, it might be a, a good idea to start looking for some assistance. And typically... Again, in the consistency sense, the the first strategies that are offloaded to some freelance help probably are the things that you don't really want to do each day. And uh, they might bring in business. You might not like them too much, but that's typically where to begin. Fascinating. Yeah, I think the the whole notion of sustainable, the whole notion of re- recurring, um, that, that is really the... Uh, the, the track you would want to be on if you're going to be, as, as you spend time in that CMO position, you want to be investing time to create something that 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 will recur, that will be sustainable with the uh, really, um, uh, I, I, the word you touched on was enjoyable, uh, that you enjoy doing as a, as a financial professional and as a marketing person. Yeah, I, I think that's key. Uh, I'd refer to it as personality-based marketing, mm-hmm. which is really about the personality of yourself. You have to hit whatever the customers are into, but it, it does come back to, do I enjoy this enough to do it every day? And if the answer is yes, you're going to be an expert at it much faster. Sure. You're going to be much more effective, and you'll stick with it longer. Yeah, boy, I know uh, when I come in in the morning, I tackle the stuff that I really don't want to do because the stuff by the end of the day that there is on the list of the stuff I like, it's uh, it's it's less work and more just kind of just kind of doing what you're doing. Yeah, and I'd love to say I do the same thing every day, but I, I break <laughs> down and avoid when I need to. <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, it, in one of your blog articles, you talked about forming a marketing team. Uh, you talk about the, someone in the organization who gets that whole digital marketing idea. You know, I've, I've worked with a few small businesses, and it's almost impossible to find someone who really, I think, gets digital marketing. I, I, you know, I think they're, they're, they're good at creating Snapchat stories or posting on Instagram, but they, they don't really embrace that concept of digital marketing. Help, help listeners understand what it really means to be good at digital marketing. 
Well, I, I don't know if this will console anyone at first, but I will say I've worked with some nine-figure organizations that couldn't find a soul in the organization that really understood digital. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a widespread issue. Um, and it's understandable if you're the individual trying to build your practice. Digital could be a lot to handle. So what does it actually mean to know digital or to have a, a digital asset on your team? That's really someone who can, you know, first sniff out if someone is coming in and pitching you on an idea. Do they really know what they're talking about? Are they effective for our industry? Uh, so if you're working with vendors, it's good to have someone who can validate that. And you really want to focus on the strategy side as far as having someone on your team who can identify this is where our customers are and this is what resonates with them. This is an experience that they can feasibly work through so that you don't have people that are too tied into the tactical, the nitty gritty. Gotcha. Interesting. But at the big picture, are they connected? And uh, I think that's that's really vital to getting the right atmosphere around how you do your marketing. Gotcha. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's um, uh, it's in some ways it's much easier to find someone who can do the tactical uh, than someone who can direct the strategic. Right. Right. And I think another factor, if you're trying to filter out your options of who you might work with, is I like to find people who are vendor neutral, mm-hmm. who are channel neutral, so that they're not just telling you, well, you have to invest in Instagram advertising just because they have the background in it. And they're not telling you to use uh, certain tools or tactics or anything like that, but just coming in with an open mind. Gotcha. It's really a lot of characteristics as well as experience. Now, are you, when, you, when you talk about someone who knows the strategic, um, how well would you expect them or how, how, how would you want to, how fluent would you want them to be on really the, 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 the data gathering aspect of it, how they're we going to be testing markets, uh, looking at different, the effectiveness of different campaigns and um, being able to incorporate that into their strategic thinking. How important is that uh, as you, as you would evaluate someone's ability? Well, you mentioned about testing, which is a, a big area. And I think just asking someone how, how do they run tests, what's their methodology behind it mm-hmm. is important. And it really comes down to the simple scientific method of I have a hypothesis, I have the, the standard hypothesis, and I have the test variant. And that variant has one variable that's different so that I can track back, is that version better or is that version? If I have multiple vari- variables that are different, for sure. example, if it's an advertisement with a different headline, image, and body text under that versus another with all different information, I don't know, is it the headline that's working? Is right. it the image? Find someone who can naturally understand that, all right, I'm only going to change the headline from here to here. Then you can track back which one is working exactly. Uh, I, I like to use that as an early filter because you'll find that narrows the field down by 70%. Um, and it really comes down to kind of having that scientific mind to get the strategic piece right. Yeah, I mean, it can be as, as simple as doing a uh, an A-B test. Uh, trying one headline here and one headline there and seeing which one draws the best. Right. Right. And really getting that simple focus is what's important. As long as people understand that testing and tracking is key. I mean, that's a huge part of digital. Sure. When so, you know, I I think about an individual who's running their business and they've got access to a few people. But um, 
when when do they when when should they really almost uh, uh, throw in the towel and decide that they need to get help on something like this? Is there is there a, is there a is there a specific time? Is there a specific uh, expense? Is there you know a, a, a level of frustration? When do when, when do I wave the white flag and say, oh, I can't get the right combination here. I need to call in a professional." Well, there's there's a couple of different ways to tackle this, right? So, I think as a firm grows larger and larger, we'll start on that end. It makes sense typically to have more of an in-house team. So, typically, you'll see more of a transition as a company grows to having uh, more in-house staff than agencies. Sure, there will be a mix, of course. If you're starting out on the other end of the spectrum, where you're just the individual running your own marketing. Uh, I think, you know, one of the first metrics is, uh, do I have sufficient time to handle the full sales process and to handle my clients to make sure they're serviced well? And then you have to figure out what's left over for marketing. And those are really just the three levers of a service business like this. Mm -hmm. So if you hit a limit where you can't maximize your sales, your client service anymore, you need to really up offload that marketing on the front end because that's where all the growth really can come from. You need the marketing to feed the sales to have more clients. Right. Boy, amen so, to that. Yeah. It, yeah. You have to kind of feel it out for yourself. And some of it comes back to when we're talking about the consistency and the sustainability of what you do. Right. You know, uh, again, as I was always, po as I was poking around on your website, I, I saw you talk about a, a marketing team and, and, and how a, how a marketing team would work together. And I wanted to break down kind of what that would look like um, for a small firm, say uh, mm -hmm. one producer with maybe a support staff, uh, maybe a mid-sized firm and a larger firm. What, uh, how, how should they envision a marketing team? Sure. So on the starting point, typically you're going to begin with someone who is more on the coordination aspect. Mm -hmm. of taking care of the basic marketing operations to make sure that you have the consistency behind what you do. So one aspect is you probably have a list of clients. You need to make sure that not, you're not only serving them well, but you're also communicating with them. Source of uh, referrals, uh, keep them happy, communicating uh, at any of the highlighted points in their life, uh, birthdays that come up and reaching out and so on. Sure. So it's helpful to start there. Mm -hmm. um, and typically you could get by with a freelancer in addition to working whatever marketing activities you do yourself. But starting out with a freelancer uh, is sufficient. As the team grows a bit, you'll start to make a transition where if you're spending a few thousand dollars a month in marketing, uh, it's probably going to make sense to shift away from the freelancer who might have some limitations on their availability mm -hmm. into having an agency who can be more full service, but still, uh, you know, reasonable within your budget. So you're looking at a boutique agency to support you as you expand, uh, and the, the company grows, uh, a couple hundred thousand in, mm -hmm. uh, into the marketing budget. It's that's where you're really making the shift to, okay, we need an in-house, uh, marketing team who can handle this work. And that looks like typically if you have a marketing category, such as if you want someone who's a, a media buyer, an advertiser, 
if you can keep them busy for 70% of the workday, that's going to be more than enough for them to be working full time. Because sure. there's always meetings and extra activities going on. And then as the company grows larger and larger, uh, I, I try to keep direct reports and marketing to less than seven per manager. So you start to build out from there. Um, you can build different divisions within the marketing team. Uh, but it really scales out over time in, in different ways, depending on the overall company culture. Sure. Yeah, I think it's what's it's fascinating, boy. When you when you get to that point where you can have a marketing team and uh, 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 direct reports, that you really have uh, um, you, you've 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 got critical mass there where you can you can work with people. I I, I think the, the that challenge I would imagine is that the break, making that jump between using a freelancer and then working with an agency when you're kind of transitioning between. A very small shop and one that's a little bit larger. When when a when a firm would move, say, from a freelancer, someone who j- helps them put uh, their uh, their social posts together, maybe does some outsourcing design work, uh, that type of uh, those type of functions, what should mm-hmm. they look for when they start to work with an agency? That's a good question. I think some aspects we spoke about before. Mm-hmm. So. If the agency is pushing you towards a certain product and they say you have to be on HubSpot, wonderful program, but not everyone has to have it. If they say you have to be on a certain channel, um, you know, it's always some red flags like that. Uh, I look for industry experience, but not always specialization. Gotcha. So hmm. they should have worked with a company like you before, but I think there's a lot of value of working with an agency who has a wide view of different industries because they can take in some different ideas and and tactics and strategies and just ways of thinking from completely irrelevant areas otherwise. Uh, so that's the the ideal view. And like I said, I look for the boutique agency, big enough that they can support all our needs, but not too big where we're just, just another number. Right, right. Now, I think you touched on something that's very fascinating there with the, the, the concept, the idea that... Uh, uh, you may not want to work with a firm that only works with financial professionals. You may want to work with a firm that works with financial professionals, insurance professionals, um, maybe maybe a small gym where maybe maybe you know, a, a variety mm-hmm. of places, and they they can bring to the table a variety of uh, experiences and backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, I think that's helpful. Also, in the fact of thinking about who are your customers as a financial professional, all different types of people. So you need an agency who also understands the common consumer and not just their consumer. Got it. Okay. Well, I've 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 saved the big question because this I think was one I want to really kind of uh, fool around in is to talk about how much how much you should spend or kind of give us give us kind of an index of what uh, what what a what a marketing budget should look like and you can really break it down any way you want. But I think the you know as I talk to financial advisors. Um, some of them are comfortable with, uh, you know, th- them being the marketing budget that's peeling off their time. And then they seem to graduate mm-hmm. up to the fact that they, they think their time is better spent. So they want something new. And then, uh, many, many will come to FMG and use our elevate platform where they have a, a marketing specialist dedicated to them that can help them for, with, uh, you know, during the course of several hours during a week. What, how do you, how do you break it down? How do you strategically look at it with someone about 
how they invest their capital to get the best rate of return? Sure. Well, there's there's a couple of ways to attack this, right? So first, thinking about a simple metric, uh, a common benchmark is using uh, company revenue. And if you look at the total revenue over the course of the year, best uh, practice is typically saying, well, we'll take 5 to 10% somewhere mm-hmm. and dedicate that to a marketing budget. And in the business to consumer side, it tends to be more in the 7 to 10% range. So this does a, a couple of things for us. One, it allows us to be unemotional in figuring out what that budget should be. Mm-hmm. That's particularly hard uh, when you're a smaller business or an individual, but it's always, if you're a business owner, it's always difficult to say how much you're going to dedicate. So this is a, a data-driven way, just using the numbers, right, right. letting them lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can also consider, do I want to consider my overhead or is that just a media budget? And again, that goes back to your own take on it. But what I think about for the financial professional, so we have a lot of individual financial professionals that, that will be listening in. And they might hear 5 to 10% of what? I, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Well, you have to put some value on your time. And I think you alluded to this. Mm-hmm. So within that budget, think about what your hourly rate is and think about how much marketing uh, effort you put in on a given week and, uh, weekly, monthly basis and calculate that into your marketing budget as well. So that's where it might start to make even more sense to say, oh, Maybe moving to uh, the Elevate platform with FMG is going to actually save me money because I'm realizing how much time I put in. Or look at, let's look at a, a freelance option, a, an agency, and taking those numbers into account as well is important in structuring your your solo practice, your individual practice. Got it. You know, it's 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 fascinating. We've got uh, you know as I. As I, as I work with individual advisors, uh, one that I know quite well, a gentleman named Rafi Rodriguez. Rafi works in a very niche market in the um, uh, in the defense industry, and, and he really loves the whole idea of marketing, and he spends quite a bit of his time. But I think, you know, as he looks at it, it's more just um, – it's it's part of his day, and it's it's the extra hours he puts in uh, that makes the marketing work. If, if you're working on such a, a, a niche area – uh, like Rafi does with the defense uh, uh, people that are associated with the defense industry, do you do you have to look for anything special in your marketing budget or your your marketing resources or or is it something that um, uh, you would expect a, a boutique firm or a freelancer to be able to pick up on pretty quickly? Well, there's a lot of intricacies that come into play, right? And some of that you just have to feel out based on that niche market that you're working with, mm-hmm. but what I find most common, and it's completely understandable, but the budgets that we might be using are budgets we just kind of made up randomly, or we don't really have any set budget. We just take things as they come. So I, I mentioned these figures in this kind of data-driven way instead of emotional way, because even if you want to start conservative in what you think the right budget would be today, if you can set that figure, you can always reach higher. And giving yourself the option to reach higher, to grow into something more is a, a positive way to kind of structure your business, um, even at an individual level looking forward. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, that that's important for people to understand that uh, that uh, the, the the time sometimes it's <laughs> I hate to say it, but sometimes spending time on marketing is a little bit of work avoidance. But um, uh, <laughs> you hope that it uh, you hope that it doesn't go in that direction. You know, one final question before we 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 sign off. I wanted to ask if there's any. Are there any online tools that you would recommend for financial advisors or something they could look at that uh, would would kind of coach them or take them in the right direction or any that you've come across in your practice? Obviously, I'm, I'm very familiar when it comes to tools with uh, FMG Suite, and you, you have a lot of options there that are great. I, I think what I would like to say is I think giving yourself the right education is important as a uh, individual practitioner. And so if you're going to jump into using some of these tools, you need to make sure that you have the right education behind you. And we spoke earlier about strategy and, you know, where uh, strategic thinking comes into play. Sure. And so I think it's great to follow a blog or a podcast and get information in that way. But taking some time to read a book and have more long form content helps you to get a fuller perspective on different topics, whether that be marketing strategy or some specific area. And I think that is the trick you need that you can combine with some of these tools that are out there to really make the bigger impact. Sure. Instead of jumping around with different newsletters and blogs all the time, carve some time out so you, you can really dig into long format uh, topics. Gotcha. Get the long format, augment it with some of the uh, the shorter material, like you said, the blogs, kind of comb it in with your strategy or what you think your strategy should be, and, and hopefully you would come out the other side with uh, a good approach to what you want to do with, uh, on a digital front. Yeah, exactly. And I know that that is a, a sidestep to the question, but I'm, uh, I'm remaining relatively neutral on the the different tools there's a lot of options out there so. no i think that's good i i think uh i think they you know there's uh um i think it's wise for people to you know to understand that you know the tools that are available they all have a they all have an agenda they all are looking to do something some way so uh educating yourself makes you a better consumer and makes you really um uh, a, a better will make you ultimately a better marketer yeah absolutely all right all right, David, I want to thank our guest, David Bradley. David, it was awesome having you on today. I think we covered quite a bit of ground. Uh, so thank you again. Awesome to be here. Thanks, Mike. Great. And uh, that's it. We're going to sign up for this episode of the Market in Motion podcast. Spread the word. Thank you for listening to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.